everybody on this new season of the podcast, we are focusing on experts. I want to bring you value by talking to some of the leading experts in their field. Today's guest is Michelle Vig. She is the CEO and founder of Neat Little Nest. Neat Little Nest is here to help you declutter and organize your space, your time, and your mind. And I'm very excited for you guys to meet Michelle. I hired Michelle to help organize my home and really learn how having a decluttered life makes me happier, makes me more productive, makes me more stress-free. And she has a process and I really, really enjoyed working with her. And so I thought, why not we start the new year with a new season? And our first guest for this episode is Michelle. And uh, I really hope you get a lot of value from this because if we have an organized life, we have an organized home, we're able to experience more joy and to live stress-free. And I really hope you get some value from this. I'd love you to follow Michelle. Uh, her handle is at Michelle Vig, which is gonna be here. If you guys wanna learn more about organizing, please follow Michelle. We're gonna put all of her details here so you can follow her. She gives great tips and advice that everyone can implement in their lives. And I will show you what she did to transform my home uh, because I really believe in what she does and I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Michelle. Hi. I'm so happy to have you on my show. I am happy to be here. And not working together, working together in a different way. In a different way. So full disclosure, you have organized my house. Yes. You are the founder of Neat Little Nest. Yep. And you came from a career that wasn't a typical path of just waking up to be a home organizer. So I kind of want to start with your story first, because I'm fascinated by your career path and what you did. Yeah. How did you go to find finding and founding the company Neat Little Nest. What did you do before that? So I worked in corporate America for 20 years doing mostly executive marketing product development roles. Okay. And I was blessed with a incredible career of advancement. And so my job right before I started Neat Little Nest, I was the president of Caribou Coffee. The Impetus for me starting Neat Little Nest was I was laid off in 2017. And that layoff was the most shocking and the most deeply helpful thing that's ever happened in my life. Because there was a small piece in my heart that wasn't on the right path, and I knew it. So when I was laid off, it was this grieving process, but then this, um, wait a second, you have an opportunity in the back half of your life to rewrite the script. So I went home and I talked to my husband and I said, I don't think I'm going to go back to go get a big job. And everybody was like, you're crazy. Everybody said I was crazy, except for Dan. That's my husband. Because he saw the last 20 years, you like know? The stress, the pressure, the treadmill. The constant. The and constant grinding. We, I was blessed because in 2015, we went on an executive retreat at Caribou, and we dug deep. And we sat there, and we were asked to look inside and find out what it is that made us tick. Now, they were doing this as a 
executive executive development. development. Yeah. You know, they took us to a beautiful resort. And I spent a lot of time thinking, and I said to my buddy, Matt, who was chief strategy officer, at the time I was chief marketing officer, I said, I think I want to organize stuff. You did? Yeah. He's like, Viggy, you can't do that. You're the chief marketing officer. I said, I know, but I really, when I, when I answered all those questions, I really, I really like to organize stuff and I really want to help people in a different way. He's like, Okay, well, you can't do that. So why don't you just start a blog? So I did. That's what you did. Yeah. So in 2000, I was actually 14, 2014, I started a blog called Neat Little Nest. And he's like, just write stuff that you like. You know, just do that. Yeah. Small. Yeah. Think I, small, act small. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that. And um, I didn't have time for that. So I did some of that, but I kind of let that sit. I had an executive coach. Uh, help me transition out. So she said, okay, well, here's a book. <laughs> Why don't you read this book? It's called Working Identity. It's pretty old. It's an excellent book. It's written by a Harvard uh, professor, I believe. And she tells you to craft experiments. That's the advice. So it's not the corporate advice. Go do a big, huge business plan. Business plan and go get financing. No, nope. it says just do an experiment. Because I was living this whole life. This is totally different. Yeah, completely different. Completely different. Yeah. So I said, okay, let's do it. I looked up some stuff on the internet. It just so happened Marie Kondo was uh, just starting to train people. It just so happened uh, it was in Chicago within miles of where my in-laws lived. It was in a month and a half. I mean, Everything came together. Serendipity happened. Yeah, just a little serendipity. Oh, and if you believe in God, it was, you know, yeah. there was some divine intervention. So I signed up and was accepted to do this Marie Kondo workshop for three days and uh, work under her. That was my first experiment to see if it was something that I actually liked. Okay, so you came and did my home and it's daunting. Like you take out all your stuff. Like you are, I've seen a lot of the before and afters yeah. on your page. Yeah. It's stressful. <laughs> For us, it's not. It's really fun because so when I see a picture of a cluttered space, and I think it's why I was good in business. So when I saw a challenge in business, my mind could picture how to fix it. I used to be called that at work, you know, a fi the fixer, a fixer. So the projects I was put on from the time I was 20 until, the, you know, it was, there's a, there's a mess over here, a business mess. Like we can't figure it out. Just, can you just get in there, move fast, get in there, come up with ideas and just start to do stuff. And that's what I did my whole career. I was always thrown into those those type of projects, the ones that no one wanted, a little messy, um, they needed to be turned around quickly. When I, when I started at Caribou, um, a year after I started, the bottom of the world fell out, 2008. And then we got a new CEO. And when I came back in, he was like, we might have to shut the company down. Uh, we, we need you to do things real fast, fix it. Same thing in people's homes. So when I see it at the space, I don't see the mess. I see, I, I see the end. I, I can just see it like instantly when my, when someone sends me pictures. I don't, 
I'm not judging what's happening. I'm seeing the problem that you need to solve. And not even, I, I hate to even call it a problem. I can see their hurt. You know, I can see the where it's getting in the way. Yeah. I say hurt just because I just came from a consult with a man who lost um, his wife um, six months ago and he has two 10 year old daughters. And I can feel that when yep. it's there. I, I know that I can help him and I can help him because he's in such a transition in his life. And the first thing to go in stressful times is keeping your space tidy. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you told the story about you were, you weren't going to boil the ocean. You were just going to try to do one experiment and give it a go and get success in a win under your belt. And then you got the assignment to do 500 hours. You ended up doing your neighbors. So you did the 500 hours and you did your neighbors. Then what? Well, my friends tell me this. I don't see this because you don't see yourself in the same way. I did the 500 hours very quickly. Um, and then I became, I didn't realize this. I became the first person in Minnesota certified in Marie Kondo. Oh. I was certified within like a few weeks. You know, it wasn't, it just didn't take that long because I was just having so much fun. You knew it was your passion, your calling, and you wanted to do it. Yeah. I thought from my history of marketing and, and product development, that's a hook. So I pitched the media. I just, I didn't have a 50 point plan. I just said, I'm the first person in Minnesota with this thing. And because the media had, I'd been talking with the media before about my work, work. they were interested in my personal story of exactly. what, are, what are you doing? What are you doing now? You went from a corporate executive to yeah. a home organizer. Like, why are you doing it? Why are you doing that? And so it ended up being a, they were really interested in the article. It ended up being on the front page of the home section of the strip. And I don't know that you know this. That's how my sister found you. And she became one of my very first clients that wasn't my neighbor. Really? Yeah. So how I met Michelle is she organized my sister's home. And I saw like, it just, everything has a spot. Everything is organized. There's no junk drawers. It's easy to maintain everything's labeled. It's aesthetically beautiful. Everything has a purpose. It creates no stress at home. And so when I moved here and I closed on my house, I think it was like July 15th, July 16th, Michelle was in here. I'm like, here's all my boxes from Dubai. Here's all my furniture. You put it together for the first time, the right time. And I've been living here now two years. It's exactly the way you left it. I can proudly say you have to go inspect, but it, it's made my life easy. Yeah. Because I know where everything is. I know where everything belongs. You know, I want to tell a little bit about how we work together because I think it's interesting. And we, we, I did film when you did come over and you set up like a table and you put all these container store stuff, it looked like a store in my home. And like, I'm like, how is this going to end up looking the right way? But your methodology was focused on me, my lifestyle. Do you drink coffee? Do you drink tea? My skincare, my hair care, like all the things in my bathroom is evolved around my morning routine, like how I do things. So like everything's the right way. Like, do I sit down and do my makeup or do I stand up and do my hair? Like, then we need to make sure that the plugs of the hair stuff is next to where you're going to be doing your hair. So all of that detail, I never thought of it. 
I never thought that any of that stuff mattered. I just thought that clothes had to be folded and put in a drawer. So you've created the system and you do this now. I want to ask, were you always neat and tidy at home? Were you, was there a messy Michelle in your being before this? So I grew up in a messy home. And so, yeah, I had a messy room and I grew up in a messy home, not a, not a dirty home, not a hoarder home, but, um, we didn't have systems in our home. So a lot of stress was put on my mom to try to, you know, to be the one to do that. And it, it turns out that it's not her strength to create organizing systems. So I, but I do, I can distinctly remember times when I was a teenager where I'd clean my room, you know, you'd either be forced to, or you'd do it and you had a different feeling when you, in your body, yeah. right? You felt different. So when I left home, I was no longer messy. It wasn't, it's not that I'm perfect, but I knew that when I left my home, and I love to live, I love my parents and I love living there, but I knew that when I left my home, my homes that I was going to create for myself were going were to be, be different. different. There's also an emotional attachment to clutter, right? Like we like to hold on to things, not just hoarding, but like it's easier just to shove it in a drawer than to go through and figure out, well, why am I even keeping this piece of paper? And so the decluttering part is to simplify your life so that you don't need to worry about the objects or papers or whatever it is that's it's just adding stress to your life. Like the reason why Steve Jobs used to wear the same things, so you have to think about what to wear, like decluttering their brain and their spaces. Yeah. Why is it so for hard for us to organize and to clean up our after ourselves? Like, why is it hard for us to get in that habit? Is it something we weren't taught? Is it I think there's two things that show up for me, especially in America. Um, we buy too much for sure in America. We consume the most of any, you know, place in the world. And so, so because of that, we have a relationship with things that because we can buy so much stuff, we do buy so much stuff. But there is a physiological brain connection to stuff. There are studies that have been done that have given at, at a sporting event that people are given a free koozie in that short amount of time where there's that game, they're attached. Mm -hmm. They don't want to give it back because it's theirs. So part of it, the reason why decluttering is difficult is you do create an attachment so quickly, but it isn't until you realize that you're not your things and your things are not you that you can start to focus your mind, which, which is why they're connected on what you actually want in your life. But same for me when I left corporate, you know, I'd been asked a question of what kind of a job do you want for 20 years? And that's the question I was answering. But when I shifted the question when I was laid off to what kind of life do you want to live? Then I begin to envision the life I want to live. It becomes a lot clearer what I need to do. Same thing with clutter. When you ask yourself, what kind of life do I want to live? 
and that life includes work and home, usually when you're sitting down to think of that life or you're envisioning it in your mind, you're not envisioning a cluttered space. You're not envisioning yourself stressed out. And it's by that envisioning as a starting point that you can then begin to ask yourself what you want to keep in your space and in your life that goes to that vision. What do you advise for someone who wants to get started at like, I need to make it's new year. I want to clean out my junk. I want to declutter. I want to live more organized. I want to be less attached to things. Yeah. Where do you start? Uh, I always say to start with the decluttering of your space thing, your stuff clutter first. Um, one thing people can do immediately, if this is helpful, there's always a free decluttering checklist on my website. It is set up in the categories of decluttering that Marie Kondo teaches. Decluttering category by category, as you know, is easier on your brain. Yeah. So when you start to declutter, if someone wanted to do it today, they could pick one simple category. It could okay. be their t-shirts in their closet. But by starting with your stuff, um, you are able to make decisions on what you want to keep. I think that's probably the, the shift in mindset that people, that's helpful for a lot of my clients is we don't really focus on what you're letting go of. We're really focusing on what you want to keep. And it's easier for people to pick what they love than to feel like they have to get rid of stuff. But I will say without envisioning what kind of life they want first, it's harder to uh, make those decisions on what you want to keep. Yeah. So just talking out of my personal experience and using t-shirts as an example, we go to the drawer and we look at, take all my t-shirts out and like, which ones do I actually wear? Yep. Which ones do I love? And which ones do I never wear or don't have any sentimental values? So we get rid of them by donating them to somebody in need. Correct. That's yep. a little bit about the process. Correct. Yep. So in, in looking at, you know, obviously, do you have a policy of like, if you buy something new, you have to get something out of your closet? Like, how do you, let's say we do it. We've decluttered my home. Yep. Um, and we set it up for success. And so like, what should I be doing? Like when I bring something new in, am I supposed to be getting rid of something or is it just, I do it once a month or annually or? It kind of depends. There's no one size fits all answer, but I would say yes to the things you're saying. So, um, for, for parents who have young children, I recommend really considering a quarterly review okay. because they're going out of clothes that quickly. Toys might, you know, things, birthdays, Christmas, other holidays happen where they're getting stuff that quarterly seems about right. For, it depends on what your loves are. So some of my clients are very fashion forward and they really like to, you know, have a wardrobe that's current. If that's, if that's the case, then I would say quarterly or half yearly reviews of their clothes. But okay. if you're not someone who that's really a kind of a thing, it might be annually a review of your clothes and, and your accessories. So it really does depend on the situation itself. But for myself personally, it kind of, it, for our family, it's, it's the size of the space that dictates. So I know for me, because my office is also my closet, I do kind of live by the one in, one out rule. Um, my kids, similarly, but um, 
if you have a smaller space, a New York apartment, a studio, that does require, you know, a little more intentional review. And it might even be, you know, as you're going throughout each month, but the larger the space, it might be less often because you have some more storage spaces to hold some things. So this Netflix uh, show that Marie Kondo did put it in the homes of everyone where everyone started thinking about, does this bring me joy? And what do we know about organizing and the container store is obviously on fire. And then there was a home edit show and all these, these shows on television now bringing awareness to like beautifully organized homes. And, and, and so it's very popular what yeah. this industry now but you were one of the, you were the first in Minnesota and you're one of the first, but now you don't just have a passion. This is a company. You have a business. Mm -hmm. How did you go from, uh, having the idea that you want to organize people's homes? It's very different than having to do invoicing and order and customer contract. Like now it's a company, right? Mm -hmm. What is, what, what's that like? And how do you pick your team members and your staff? I want to, I want to get into the entrepreneur hat first now. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I was incredibly blessed to have so much responsibility in corporate. So for me, the business side of a neat little nest, invoicing, writing contracts, organizing my time, um, organizing the way that I manage clients. You know, you, you, you've seen me, this is my Maha file. Yep. Um, th that for me was, it came natural. So it's, it was, it was probably the easiest part, you know, figuring out how to work in people's homes was not something that I had done. So that for me was actually a little more uh, nuanced and new and unfamiliar than the, the business side of it. The, the, the handling of contracts, money, lawyers, that stuff was easy for me. Um, it was the other side that was a passion of mine, but you also, you're, you're working with people and clients and trying to help them out. So, and going into their homes and going into their most intimate spaces, you know, it's, um, I, I joke, you know, what happens in organizing stays in organizing just like Vegas, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of trust that has to be had between a professional organizer and their clients to, because as you know, asking tons of questions. And I think that naturally that's just the way I was, my curious mind was made. So for, in order for me to solve a problem, I, I just will ask questions. And that's really the entrepreneurship side of just solving clients' problems. problems. One of the most uh, daunting things for me was papers. Like organizing, I, I keep like all these papers, which I don't need to keep, but like, I just keep them and then I store them and then they become too much. So I had you come over and do my office because I have some beautiful books, but then I had a lot of paper from Dubai and paper from Egypt and paper from my childhood. What's the approach to paper? So I think one of the challenges is that mentally we believe it should take us an hour. We think it should just take us a real quick hour to do our papers. And most of my clients, it is not a real quick hour. It is six and seven hours. I had a client where we worked on papers for 19 hours. 
So just on the my process is you came, you I just gave you all my stuff. I I left you alone and you just I trusted you're going to yep. go through all of my papers yep. and you started sorting them in categories of like this is sentimental, looks like a letter from your dad. This is a legal paper for your company. This is related to your book. So you started organizing it for me and you sorted it. And yes. then I came in and looked at decisions about, yeah, that we can get rid of this. We should keep. And then you gave me a system. You're like, you need a filing cabinet. We need to purchase you a filing cabinet. I'm going to put them in folders. I'm going to label the folders. And these are the ones you're going to keep. Uh, my mind, especially with papers is about efficiency rather than organizing. So it's a strategic organizing system. A lot of organizers have lots of files. You know that when we work together, I am really asking, are we sure? And I don't want there to be 400 categories. Yeah. I want there to be less. And you also might have noticed, I don't know if we talked about it, I also straight file. What does yeah. that mean? A straight file is what I did in your office, which means all the labels are straight down the center. It's very difficult for our brains to quickly be able to read left and right and middle. So all my clients is straight filed and it's a lot easier because you just sit, you look and, yeah, you, and you organize. And it's done. Yeah. Last thing, and we'll let you go. You said that when you first decided to do this, you did PR, you did a story in the news. That was the first marketing thing you did. Yeah. Was you wanted a newspaper or an organization to write about what you did. Yes. And that changed the trajectory of your career. Yes. That's what I do. I do communications and PR. And we often say that most of the histories of like the biggest startups, Drybar, Warby Parker, uh, you know, five guys, what changed in their business journey was a story came out about them, which brought awareness to how their business existed or what they did. And that's how my sister found you. And that's how I find you. And now my friends, I have recommended you to some of my friends um, for you to, to do their homes and you've flown to do their homes and they're loving every minute of it. I'm going to see them actually next weekend. Um, but why did you think that PR was the first thing you should do and using your client as a testimonial as part of your marketing strategy? So, okay. When I, when I was crafting these experiments, one of my life choices was to not live my life like I did before. I didn't want to be so strivy. And so I refused to create a marketing plan. I wanted everything to be a fun experiment that was anti the old me. So I found a person who wasn't a PR, uh, my person who helped me with PR. And my experiment, I just... It was literally anti-corporate, everything anti-corporate. No, I'm not spending money on a big, huge PR campaign. So I traded. I said, what if I did your house and you did my PR? Because at this point, I wasn't even really sure this was going to be what I was going to do. Yeah. I was still crafting experiments. So when I helped my, the person who helped me with my PR do her home, she had, because I said to her, the only person who can help me do my PR is someone who understands what I do because I'm different than everyone else. And so we just had this deal. And from there, the rest was history. 
The article in the Strib was one of them. The second was an article in the Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. That the article in the Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine was read by a guy who was traveling through Minneapolis airport, who then called me and said, Michelle, I know this is weird. I saw you in this article. Have you ever thought to write a book? I literally said, this is weird timing. I have a book on my heart. I explained the concept. I wrote a book six months later. Wow. Yeah. So, and it was all PR. It was all um, the launch pad to see if this was going to work. Well, it did. And it did. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you for decluttering my home, for transforming my life, and for helping me. I continue to follow you. I saw how you organized putting the Christmas decorations away, <laughs> having a system for every occasion, because we have to live. Yes. So we just need to do it in a, in a neat way. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I would be so grateful if you subscribe to the podcast and I would love to hear from you. Send us a message. Let us know who you'd like to see on the show and we will do our best to try to get them on the episodes. Thank you so much.